You're listening to Live Radio, the hottest show this side of Tiso. So uh, welcome to a special limited edition post-LaveCon show. Um, Keyword is limited. (laughs) This episode is dedicated to the late Mel Smith, not just in spirit, but also in format. Alan is on holiday and Fozza is without internet connection due to force majeure, I think they call it. So there's just going to be two talking heads. Basically, we're aware of the fact that we haven't done anything apart from um, sorry, what's that new show that I have absolutely nothing to do with? Uh, Retrolave. Retrolave, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. So we play a bunch of really, really dated space sims, um, try and figure out how to play them, having not looked at them in 20 years, uh, and then talk about what we thought about them. Um, yeah. It's one of those shows, I kind of, I have this sort of secret hope that it's it's much more entertaining to be on uh, than it is to actually listen to. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I, I'm quite surprised that, well, you know, that people want to listen to a bunch of people playing a game and, and, and talking about it. I thought that was a major format flaw with a lot of TV shows that were dedicated to video games, but what do I know? I'm surprised it's weekly. See, Retrolave is done weekly, and I was I was stunned because, you know, obviously you, you and I know how much hard work it is doing this one, even just every fortnight. So I think uh, fair dues to whoever's putting these out together every week. Yeah, I I think it's psycho cow. There's no way one of us on the podcast would actually be able to have the time to to edit it. So, Foz has done quite well there to create a new podcast and then get out of all of the hard work. <laughs> well done, Foz. He's uh, far more resourceful than I thought. <laughs> He's had practice. So, I suppose the obvious thing we need to talk about is Lavecon. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Did you have favourite bits? It was great, actually. Yeah, it was weird. It was funny because. Um... When I was listening back to the podcast, I was like, oh, you know, we didn't didn't talk about that and we didn't talk about this. And I realized actually a lot of the really great conversations I had were actually in the bar, not on the podcast. Um, so there was some real gold. There was some, you know, some brilliant conversations being had. None of it recorded. Um, none of it went out for anybody else to enjoy. But I had a great time uh, meeting and talking to people. And um, yeah, it helped. There was so much love for Escape Velocity. I think that just that, that made my day just meeting people that really liked it so um yeah it was good well that's good you know and you'd have also helped disenfranchise some people because they always say you should never meet a hero <laughs> so uh <laughs> yeah, i hope i hope i've shattered it for everybody but uh, yeah. i think we definitely shattered it for uh, mr reeds who uh oh yeah you know unfortunately that, that that was the biggest shame the two biggest shames is one is that that wasn't part of the podcast um, and the second thing is that stacking up cushions on someone because they've fallen asleep in the bar isn't really something that works very well in audio. And even if we tried to include it in the podcast, uh, it wouldn't have worked. But just to clarify, we, we introduced uh, Mr. Reeds to the game of uh, well, the unofficial game of Buckaroo, uh, which is and I thoroughly recommend it to anybody. You know, do try this at home, kids. But if you're if you're with a group of friends um, and maybe it's late or you've been drinking and one of your party falls asleep. It is acceptable to start piling objects onto them to see how many things you can put on them before they wake up. It's a great game. I've, I kind of felt sorry for him as soon as people started putting, you know, laying stuff on him. I was like, ah, oh, 
And then um, I think somebody uh, didn't they mention drawing on him in pen? Yeah, and I'm glad that was. I think um, I'm glad that was put a, a stop to. No, that's it. Because I mean, to be fair, because um, obviously you know we didn't us, us on the podcast we didn't know him that well. Um, and there's a kind of feeling, you know, normally when you play this game with friends, that you kind of know the person enough to know whether they'll find it funny and kind of wake up and think it's a laugh. So I was quite relieved when he did actually wake up and think it was quite funny. Because um, it could have been if he'd woken up and just flipped out because no one had ever abused him quite like that when he was asleep. It would have been a really awkward moment. But it worked out fine. Yeah. So, you know, shh. kudos. Yeah. <laughs> On. what was your your memory then was just talking at the bar or was there like a favorite bit of the, the any of the recording i really liked um drew's reading uh I, yeah. you know i really like i'm not somebody um that there's i haven't you know necessarily read elite fiction that's that's come out over the last however many years so i'm not even though i'm aware of the stuff that people have written i haven't actually read any of it so it was really nice to to hear some of drew's work um and to hear him performing it you know, so ably. I mean, I think sometimes a lot of writers don't necessarily make good out loud readers. Um, it's been my experience on a number of different occasions. Um, but yeah, his, his his writing was good um, and his performance of it was really engaging. It was it was great to hear. It made me really glad I, I backed that book. And I just, I, it's just sort of like reinvigorated me. You know, uh, I, I've rediscovered a passion. And I just can't wait until that book comes out now. Good stuff. And it was great to have and it was great to have Michael there was really nice to have somebody kind of there at the day that is, you know, such a massive part of bringing Elite Dangerous into reality. I mean, uh, you kind of, you know, you, you sort of spend, as you spend a lot of the day just trying not to be kind of starstruck by the fact that there is somebody here that is working on this game that, you, you know, that is a sequel to a game that you've loved so much. But at the same time, it being that he's just there, he's having a laugh with everybody, he's being, you know, as honest as he can about, the stuff that goes into the development and it was just it was fantastic to have him there absolutely brilliant yeah yeah he was he was definitely um laid back and i, I thought that was a good thing really you, you didn't feel that you needed to watch what you were saying <laughs> really um and, and but no no exactly <laughs> it's just as well um what with all that alcohol but uh, i think he got off so lightly with the questions i mean i would have killed to have been in the audience rather than sat next to him thinking would it be fair for me to ask him a question um, and sort of take time away from from the punters. You you didn't have such qualms though. I, I didn't know. No, I just you know I, I always want to know stuff and ask people questions. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can justify it if you think you know my questions are going to be almost as entertaining and informing as the answers themselves. <laughs> You're leading the audience into the answers that they uh, that they want to hear. Yeah, good point. Well, um, I, maybe I just couldn't think of any decent questions yeah. then. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, a lot of the fiction writers got to kind of engage a bit more with the community, got to explain a bit more about their projects. So uh, that was a big plus. So the next LaveCon. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, can you believe it? As soon as we get back, people are already talking about it. Um, and we kind of had to say uh, no immediate plans. It's probably going to be the same time next year, I would. Yeah, yeah. It's a good time of year for Alan, obviously, with his university. Yeah, absolutely. You haven't thought about, you know, you haven't been tempted to think about a similar format for a Cardiff Alternative Launch Party. I'm hoping that um, everybody makes it to that, podcast-wise. Uh, and if that's the case, then we'll see what we're going to do. But I wanted to kind of keep the Alternative Launch Party kind of informal, in so much that I didn't want to... As you said, you know, a lot of really interesting stuff was said um, at the bar, you know, as you mingled with different people. And I kind of want to 
stick more to that kind of thing with 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 what is a launch party really rather than having a a full-on sit-down convention like we had for leavecon oh yeah absolutely i think it'd be nice i mean i don't know if any of us have got this kind of equipment but it would almost be lovely to just have like a like a recorder kind of on you personally so that if you are happen to be chatting to anybody and it's a really interesting thing that might form part of a podcast you can just fire it up and have a little recorded conversation um i know lots of podcasts that go to conventions and things use that kind of format um, yeah that, that might be a better way to do it really because it would kind of give you a bit more of a kind of you know informal uh take on the event so yeah i'll, I'll t- take that under advisement for sure <laughs> totally but um obviously because we're we're not going to be planning on doing one very very soon or soon enough for some people um the community's got together and decided that they're going to create their own community meetup with drinks which is elite meat um, high, high class, high quality butchers. Yeah, <laughs> don't take the mick out of the name. Okay, it took them quite a while <laughs> to um, to decide on one. That's cool. Yeah, Elite Meat, November the second in Manchester. So if anybody, that's a Saturday, and if people are interested in that, who don't normally frequent the forums, you may want to go on there to go check it out. We'll probably discuss it again on the, on the next proper proper podcast and, and give out a, a, a web address for that. Anything else came out of LaveCon then? As you said, you were talking about there's a lot of love for Escape Velocity. Uh, yeah, was, like I say, it was, was really nice to hear so much enthusiasm, particularly for another series of Escape Velocity. So, yeah, I can confirm that uh, a second series of Escape Velocity is in the works. Um, I'm working on scripts at the moment and trying to sort of figure out dates to get the cast together. So we have a sort of uh, a mixed bag of some people who are more available because it's the summer holidays. Um, so those that are students and things, but also a lot of people kind of being on a holiday. So just trying to work out, you know, exactly when to get everybody together. So, for example, the, the actor who plays Dallas uh, is disappearing to America for two months. Um, so I kind of almost want a date where I can record with him uh, before he goes. So, yeah, it's just it, it's, it's that sort of thing, really. Any more news? So, yeah, well, I mean, given that, uh, you know, given that this is a slightly less formal podcast, I can mention my my little side project, which is a little fun uh, Animal Crossing audio blog, which, you know, some people would be saying to me, why are you working on that rather than actually just getting on with the second series of Escape Velocity? Um, But honestly, you know, this other thing is just a bit of fun. It's kind of an alternative and slightly dark take on the world of Animal Crossing. And honestly, you know, it almost doesn't take me any longer to write and record than it does to listen to it so <laughs> that's not strictly true but it is a very similar it is a very simple project uh, but you can find that at uh, animalcrossingnoir.blogspot.co.uk uh, that's his home at the moment and hopefully it'll be on itunes at some point but you know we'll see <laughs> um, uh, but the big news the big news which uh, again you see it's like battle for Lave station we can't break this on our podcast because we actually already broke it on John Harper's podcast. But I have been asked by um, Alan Stroud to take over the duties for producing the official audio for Lave Revolution. Cool. So rather than, I think Alan's original plan for Lave Revolution, you know, was to do, was to do an audio book, you know, like, you know, like you would, like you would get, you know, for, 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 for a book release. Um, but I think then having listened to what we did with Escape Velocity um, and thinking about his own time and the things that he's doing with Lave Revolution, I think firstly he wanted to kind of outsource the audio production to somebody else, and then he was also thinking, actually, how cool would it be to have a full cast audio drama version 
of Lave Revolution. So I'll be doing that. Uh, well, which is, I mean, that sounds like a pretty big project. But... Yeah, it's, 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 but it's going to be a fantastic, fantastic challenge. Nice after the kind of unofficial status of Escape Velocity uh, to be to be involved in something that will be canon. Uh, and again, also just, yeah, really just interesting way of working because obviously I will be adapting a novel for dramatization, which, you know, is not something I've done in audio before. So that'll be that'll be very exciting. And it'll be interesting, you know, we I sort of mentioned this and people might have questions in their mind about how it's going to you know work or when it's going to appear. Um, we, we haven't got any further than agreeing that this is what's going to happen. So uh, it'll be interesting to work out the sort of details and um, yeah, figure out figure out where we go. Good stuff. So it's been pointed out today on the forums that we've been missing out on somebody. Someone's got hurt feelings. <laughs> and this is due to the fact that um, the two people who may have had the most time on their hands over, you know, the last few weeks and months, me and you, um, don't have DDF access. That's true. So uh, don't don't shoot us. Um, but obviously Alan's been on holiday and Foz has been busy. Um, and they failed to mention the great Mike Evans who is this week's Meet the Team, Meet the Team number five, yep. uh, which obviously very interesting. Big shout out to Mike Evans, who we're hoping to hopefully get an interview with, actually, if not on the podcast. <laughs> there um, was a rumour doing the rounds, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, something to look forward to. I'm not going to say when, because we haven't actually spoken to him. But <laughs> <laughs> If you're listening, Mike, you're very welcome, you know, yeah, anytime. Yeah, just, just tell us when. <laughs> talking of ddf and forums and i mean obviously we're going to save the really really interesting news for the next podcast yes but is there anything that has really excited you anything that you've seen that you wanted to talk about david braben was interviewed in edge and mentioned about the playstation 4 yeah i I didn't think he really said anything too juicy really he just basically said yeah we'd love to develop for that and then it was a lot of you know maybes and you never. We'll see what happens. Yeah, he said we'd be mad not to consider the PS4, um, and obviously cons- considering <laughs> something can... covers quite a broad range of sins. It could be, you know, him and Michael at the, you know, the water cooler in the morning, and Mike says, "So, what about this PS4?" And he goes, "Nah." <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's it considered. <laughs> it does. It does raise some interesting points, though, because one of the things they talked about uh, in the forum is, is you know, because there's no kind of multiplayer crossover between the PC and the PlayStation 4. It's kind of what happened, you know, you presumably can't play your the same commander between the two different versions. And it also raises some interesting things about, you know, for those of us that have backed Elite Dangerous to the point where you can reserve your commander name, is your commander name reserved in kind of all iterations of the game, whatever format it, it, it appears on? Um, so there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff there to think about. Sure. The one thing that I spotted, and it's it's quite new, was um, somebody asked the question, what would happen if um, I bought the game, but then I didn't buy any of the updates? Mm. Which I hadn't even thought about this, actually, to be, to be honest. In other, say, online role-playing games, if, if there's been like a, an expansion pack which adds new functionality, even the, people, even the people that don't have the expansion, they will still get the new features. They just won't get the content. Oh, yes. Yeah, I know what you mean, actually. I do know what you mean. Yeah, so if there's like a change to the mechanics of the game, obviously everyone has to have the same game engine running, and so everybody does get that. But if there's a new... um, I'm just thinking the usual World of Warcraft, you know, there's going to be a new island somewhere, 
Um, if you don't have access to the island, you know, if you haven't bought the expansion, you can't go to the island. Yeah, it's interesting um, to consider how those interactions would work out because if you've got someone who's got the who's bought the update that gives you the ability to walk around the inside of your ship for the sake of argument, you know, would you then be able to dock with somebody who doesn't have that update and you could effectively walk up behind them and shoot them in the back of the head without them ever being able to leave their seat? Because <laughs> they're stuck. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. But I think I think realistically, I mean, the the way it looks like it could go is seeing as they've got this idea that different players don't necessarily meet each other online anyway, like with the Iron Man thing and with ignore lists and stuff like that. It, I don't know. It strikes me that people with certain versions of the game will only meet people with the same kind of setup as them. Yeah, Do you think? because otherwise, well, that's, that's, that's one way of partitioning them, yeah, because... Um, otherwise, you'd get bizarre things where if, if you were chasing someone but you didn't have the planetary land ex- expansion, <laughs> they, they could just go and land on a planet, <laughs> and you couldn't get them. Excellent. <laughs> so um, I've actually started a thread or two. Uh, one of them was Elite Dangerous as an eSport. Uh, what kind of potential was there for some kind of like... Sp- um, not mini games, but kind of sub games that happen within the universe, which can spice things up. And as a, a GTA 4 player yourself, I'm sure you remember the idea of having races um, and cooperative kind of missions, which you could play, you know, online together. Yeah. Um, you know, which which could be either you know co-op against you know just the, the computer, or maybe it could be, for instance, team based. Um, and I was wondering, you know, what kind of stuff could feature in Elite Dangerous. It was during a DDF discussion, there was mention of races and gambling, mm. the ability to win ships. Now, I don't know whether that's um, just simply, you know, certain missions, and that's the story, is obviously you're in a race, um, or whether there's actually going to be something that will allow players to actually race each other in some kind of, like, formal setting. But that would be something cool. You know, that would be like, you know, taking that GTA 4 idea and kind of putting it into the elite universe. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know whether you'd need to have specific racing sort of skiffs that you know, so that everybody's in similar performance ships. Because actually if you're entering a race with your own vessel, you kind of almost need to be in a class, don't you? Because some craft just have faster engines, more acceleration than other craft. Yeah, I think it'd be a bit more complex than that because I think the race will involve maybe going through multiple systems. So obviously um, some systems are going to be inherently dangerous and so most people racing through it are no doubt going to get attacked as well. And so they're going to actually use the environment as as a way of challenging the races. Uh, But it wasn't just the concept of a race. You know, the idea is if people wanted to stage, say, like a mass kind of uh, battle combat tournament or something like that, would would that be possible? Anyone that was at LaveCon would have remembered Michael Brooks saying that there wasn't going to be any kind of safe dueling mechanism at launch. But that doesn't mean that players can't use the game to kind of create some kind of meta game within it, seeing how the mechanics work and see if there is a way to kind of achieve these different sub games just just by the fact that it's like a kind of an open sandboxy kind of game so apart from apart from that really don't get me wrong there is interesting stuff going on the forum but if you're not a fan of forums the forum i don't think you're missing out on anything apart from if you're desperate to go to elite meet and you want to go and make yourself known go check it out but just going back to the topic of lavecon the next one as i said it's not going to happen maybe until next same time next year 
what do you think will be happening at the next one, given that it's going to be after the game's launched? I'd like to see uh, a first hands-on demonstration of the uh, first update, whether that's planetary landings or, you know, cruising around the inside of a space station or your own ship, you know. It'd be, it'd be nice for someone to turn up with a thing that they can demonstrate something really cool on. Because actually, that's what that's what we missed out on asking Michael about. I realised the thing that I really wanted to know, because I think he kind of mentioned it, but he mentioned it at the same time as somebody else was asking a question. I'm sure he said something like that he was playing a build of it just yesterday. And I kind of, I suddenly thought when I was listening to the, um, listening to the podcast, I was thinking, actually, it would have been really nice to have known what state it is in now, whether or not members of staff can just fire it up and kind of fly around and try stuff. Well, this is the thing. This was mentioned um, in, um, what was it, Meet the Team number four, Selena Frost-King. She said the first thing she does every morning, she gets into the office. She downloads the latest build of the game to her machine so she can go and try out her all of her graphics and stuff like that in there. So it's, you know, they've, it sounds like they've got, uh, you know, an engine, you know, a fairly comprehensive engine already in existence, uh, which people can already play around with. So, I mean, that... I mean, it fills you with hope mm. <laughs> that they've got something up working already. Because um, that's the thing. I mean, I went to a, a thing at Game City, which is a, an annual event uh, every year in, um, in Nottingham in the UK. Um, and it's a four-day free festival based around the city. And it's all about games and games design and gaming culture. Um, it, it's absolutely brilliant. If, if people haven't been, I totally recommend they go. Um, and there was a talk there by Jonathan Blow, the guy that created braid uh, as an indie developer and he developed this game you know almost entirely on his own um but i think with some additional help with with kind of graphics and sound later down the line i think i remember that right but it's interesting that what he was saying then was that the game braid was essentially the game the basic code and design he wrote in the first seven days and the next three years was just designing levels coming up with puzzles doing the graphics and just tweaking the engine but the actual core gameplay platforming and speeding up and reversing time and all the stuff that you do in braid you know the first seven days of development so it might just be that frontier have this big kind of space that you can fly around in your ship um, but it's just lacking you know that kind of finer detail that takes the time to put together well it's the polish um you know most of the the, the stuff and the prototypes that i just throw together again yeah it takes no time at all i mean i threw the um the commodity market and chat room together in a day and, you know, I think the basic flying mechanics would be FLS. Again, that was done in just a couple of nights, just a couple of hours coding and things like that. It's the polish that takes the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, and it's the content and the, and the making it look right so that it's, it is its own game rather than just maybe, you know, a knockoff of a 3D, a simple 3D engine or another game. So, yeah, but yeah, I mean, for LaveCon next year, you know, my, my big hope is for, you know, some sort of hands-on stuff for the kind of the next stage of the game. And hopefully an announcement about a whole new raft of licensed fiction would be lovely. <laughs> yes, yes. I will, I'm, I'm glad you said that because um, I completely forgotten to say. So that would be something that you'd definitely be interested in. That's something I'd definitely be interested in. And I think it would be great for the game and the sort of game world. Because if you think about it, by the time LaveCon kind of comes around next year, everybody will have received, all the backers certainly, will have received and consumed probably all the books that have come out. And, and we've talked about this before. There is a great opportunity to turn Elite into a kind of a great kind of bed for ongoing fiction. And I think, you know, I think if books coming out at the same time as Elite 
can really kind of you know help market and push the game then i think further fiction coming out that's tied in with the expansions seems to me to be a would be a sensible move no no sure and i mean before you know it you know elite the movie <laughs> yeah yeah uh, who, who would you get to direct though you know do you think that's a spielberg thing or would you just get joss whedon in <laughs> i don't know see i'm I'm, I'm i'm sort of looking forward to the um the new star wars movies more since i found out that since they said that jj abrams is making it because in comparison to the kind of green screen overkill that maybe you get with a lot of sci-fi movies um jj abrams very much strikes me as someone that likes to build a set put actors on it and just point a camera at them um and he doesn't seem to be quite as in love with green screening as a lot of other sci-fi directors so well sure i mean uh, that would make it more like the first sorry four five and six rather than one two and three but then I've heard I've heard great stuff about you know Pacific Rim, which I haven't been to see yet. Hopefully, we'll get to see it at some point. The next LaveCon, you know, I want to see hopefully you know maybe a bit more FD interaction. I don't know. They're going to be working on an expansion. Are they going to be just as busy? You would expect so. Maybe they'll be a bit more relaxed. Michael Brooks won't be afraid to come because he's been to one of them. You know. <laughs> Maybe you can drag a couple of developers along with him and some artists as well. That'd be cool. The big, the big hope is that they're not just spending that time drastically putting out fires on a week-by-week basis that have been thrown up by the uh, Elite Dangerous multiplayer. That'd be hard. This is a good point. Yeah. I, I wonder if they're confident enough to think that they can just, as soon as it's released, that they can just move on to the next update or whether they they're going to schedule some time to you know, really balance the multiplayer. Because oh, yeah, I don't you... think you can ever... I don't think you can ever consider it done, can you? Well, I mean, I I know, obviously, you, you tweak forever with a, with a massively, you know, multiplayer online game. You know, you're going to see a very large influx of complaints about imbalance, perhaps, you know, and um, I would assume they're going to set aside, like, you know, just maybe a month to just really hammer at things and there'll be a quick, maybe cycle where we'll be seeing a lot of patches and updates been rolled out not because necessarily because of bugs but just to as, as, as a way to address balance yeah balance is a tricky thing because anyone who's kind of complaining about balance it normally means they're losing and i think you need to see some good empirical evidence that balance is a problem i mean if you get to the stage where everybody in the universe is flying the same ship because the combat kind of is so broken that there's only one ship worth flying then i think you know you've got a balance problem but i think a lot of the time it's just you know i mean people thinking about it over the years like counter-strike people moaned about the big sniper rifle because they said it was too overpowered you know to which the counter argument is you have to be good enough with it to hit somebody and it wasn't an easy weapon to to, to fire or aim what else was there i mean um alien versus predator people complained that the um the tracking machine gun could lock onto cloaked predators they felt that was unfair people just complain about stuff when they lose by definition there's always going to be um you know unless it's been designed to be very simple and symmetrical there is by definition going to be some class or some object that is ever so slightly more powerful than something else and people will always you know start moaning about that asking for the nerf bat and then as soon as that gets nerfed it's just going to be something else isn't it so LaveCon next year, I mean, obviously this one was very much a kind of, uh, I guess, a kind of panel at the front with everybody sort of sitting there. But I mean, is your, would, would you like to see it kind of big enough that other people had a presence there? Like, you know, more like a con where you've got kind of different tables and different people? 
different rooms and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, there was only 35 of us in, in the end, I think. A couple of people couldn't make it for whatever reason. Yeah, you were kind of in in there for the long haul because, um, you know, there might have been people there who were just really, really interested in obviously asking questions of Michael Brooks and they might not have been too interested in, in the uh, the fiction, for instance. Or there might have been people who didn't really care too much about Michael Brooks and just cared about the fiction. And, I, I you know, if, if before... Um, before the Kickstarter, you told me that there would be people who cared more about elite fiction than elite. I'd have gone, what? That doesn't make any sense. But <laughs> there's actually a lot of people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be good that, yeah, if, if it was going to be big enough, you know, and obviously we're going to ticket it properly, properly next time, that, you know, you could have multiple rooms, then that's good for a couple of reasons. It's good because it means it's popular. We can cater for a lot more people. But it also means that people, if they got choice, if they can go to one room or another, then um, they can kind of tailor the experience to their, their their own tastes a bit more than what we had which was just this is what you've got sit down and listen to us talk Absolutely. um you know i i mean my feelings won't get hurt if if there's a lot of people there who don't come and listen to the leave radio panel <laughs> or you know they go and you know just hit the bar or something like that but, um, <laughs> or signing tables you know once the authors are all published and massively famous we almost needed a signing table this time um for for, for michael I don't know the next one. It's just so speculative, really, with the next one. There's so much I want to do with it. I was kind. I was quite happy with the format in the end. I know originally we just wanted to have some beers and some food, but um, I think it worked out so well that yeah. I mean, we we'll, we will stick with the convention format. So, unless you got anything you wanted to add, I think my work here is done. Excellent. Well, we're so sorry that it's not a full length podcast, but we, it just wouldn't be right to do a podcast with without Fozzer and without Alan. So. Um, Hopefully this will tide you over for a, for another week until we can get something recorded. Thanks for listening, people, and uh, we hope to speak to you soon. Cheers.